The following presentation may contain occasional incidental coarse language. Intel approved. has been destroyed by the very temperate weather we've been having on Defour lately. We've been having temperatures of upwards of 30 degrees centigrade, so all of you lovely friends and partners up in the continent and off over in the Britain Isle, yeah, that's like double what you guys have on a normal day. So standing in for Mitch is our lovely sector scout. Anthony, hey there, uh, I'm here representing the guy. So this is more of a- That would be my thing. This oh is God, God, this can only be one. So this is a Gar cast, Rick Priestley, if you're listening. <laughs> so first order of business. Subjugating the lesser beings. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Gar, yes. On, 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 that, on that topic of subjugating the lesser beings, Anthony, you are like one of our first and finest recruits to the system beyond the gates of Antares. Would you care to share with us briefly what first attracted you to the game and also the Gar, and um, how you found your first couple of games? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I suppose if we start firstly with the Gar, who, uh, you know, most definitely my favourite faction uh, from everything I've seen in Antares. Uh, I think, you know, I just love them from the moment I saw them. They're just so hideously evil and wrong, but in such a right way. Well, that depends on the filter through which you view it. Viewed for another filter. They are righteous and cleansing the universe <laughs> of degenerate scum. Well, well, yeah, I mean, of course, as a guard player, I have to agree there. I'm sort of trying to talk in human terms, but you know, I, I thought maybe there are only two of us, and maybe we haven't quite taken over the whole podcast yet. But, I, know, I, think next time. Two, I think between the two of us, we can manage. Well, technically, there's only one human in the room. I mean, Ash is a pan-human, so you know. Please, please, it's like, I'll go on a plenty human. Yes, we're, we're, we're not guard. All, all those keratinous ridges you have, those are, you know, it's kind yeah. of a deal. Hey, hey, I'm pretty resistant to the heat and ultraviolet radiation, thanks. Yeah, well, so. we'll, we'll, we'll take Mitch out of his stasis chamber and see how he does next week. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the poor historians obviously can't cope with the um, the harsh environs of um, Defour. It's the heat, and maybe the crystals were flashing off in the distance and let him off into some delicious treasure. Set off his epilepsy. We're, yeah. we're gonna get those crystals. Oh, Fairly soon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, back back to the Gar. Uh, yeah, I suppose, you know, I've always liked the bad guys and gone for that sort of thing. But these are, they're really lovable bad guys as far as I'm concerned. We're the good guys. Yeah, we're <laughs> the only good guys in a universe of evil. Uh, and that's another point of view, uh, which, yeah, sure, we can go with that. Uh, we're, we're good. We just send plasma everywhere and destroy everything, including ourselves. How do you, uh, yeah. how do you feel about the Gar from a gameplay perspective because those people watching the Beyond the Gates of Antares, the Intel Facebook page, would have noticed that myself and Anthony actually played a game about two weeks ago of 750 uh, yep. of um, Concord versus Gar. And I must confess to not being a, a braggy winner or anything, but Anthony, I feel you had a little bit of trouble in that game. Would you like to maybe just describe how you felt playing with the Gar at slightly larger points? Yeah, went well, for I suppose that was my second proper game with them mm. at 750. Yeah. And it was a bit of sort of 
Chalk and Cheese, the first time they played against Asher, it was actually... We, like, we don't mention I don't want to be. I don't want to be a bit of a braggy winner, but... <laughs> uh, I, I got utterly, utterly wild. It's like, I'm, I'm partly going to blame the dice. It's like, partly that is um, the problem. I made about three armor saves all game. Uh, the, the activations, Anthony got like three or four off in a row that was enough to like just roll over a couple of my squads. But that is to take nothing away from him and the um, the canny tactical choices that he made in the use of his assault squad and just shooting the ever-living something out of me with his battle squads. Uh, but yeah, I think really what I found there was I used basically the same list. Yeah. Very similar tactics. Mm -hmm. I think it was just, you know, put it down to luck of the dice, put it down to the different table, different players. Yeah. Uh, the Gar have this ability to get off to a good start, I feel like. They're scary, they're tough. You're talking about Plasma Amps. Plasma Amps. Plasma Amps. Don't win your dice. And, yeah. and maybe I rely upon them too much at this stage yeah. because I love Plasma Amps and they seem like a no-brainer and they seem yeah, fantastic. Yeah, foolish not to take them. But they're also not entirely reliable. They are <laughs> Gar technology. <laughs> uh, and I think that was one of the things that my tactic with that has been to get off to this strong start with all a bunch of dice and so on, getting from these sneaky mm. little options. And in my case, I didn't get enough value out of it with that really hard initial hit to bring you down yeah. to my level. Well, I mean, because the way I played it, you had, did you have three suits, three squads of battle suits? How much were you running yeah. at that time? Yeah, that yeah. was three squads, squads, so two battle squads. squads. Yep. One assault. One assault squad. Yeah, and you had a unit of outcasts, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and some flitters flittering about. Flitters flittering and fluttering. Flitters gonna flit. Flitters gonna flit. Because flit. Because I took, I had two C3 strike squads with lancers and spotter drones. I had a drop command squad and a drop squad. And I really think the way I played was an excellent counter. Like not to again talk myself up, but you were playing very aggressively, and I had no choice but to consolidate into basically a ball around my command squad and just lay down those lancers, re-rolling those missed lancers every turn until such a time as you were in submission but it was it was a draw up until turn five and you were playing very aggressively like i was on the back foot turn mm -hmm. one turn two turn three turn four it only really flipped over in turn five i think that's actually one of the big differences between those two games is that in our game anthony was able to um isolate and destroy my infiltrators fairly early on mm. i had one of my ai squads fairly central and they copped like a horrific fusillade of fire from one of the battle squads and that just reduced them to one man who then quite sensibly in my opinion fled the battle so i lost two units very early on and even though my ex-launcher brought the pins even though um Kuran Tor and his assault squad like destroyed some <laughs> guy and that some guy. brutal assaults yeah that guy. that guy he he led the charge as is his way it's like it was too little too late and nothing could um could stop the guard blitzkrieg from rolling over the algorand positions yeah so i think you know, as Ash was saying, I think a lot of it was, and also Dan has said, yeah. I have been very aggressive with them. That's great. That is what I've been doing with them yeah. thus far. I don't know what else he might be able to do, but that's what I want to do. That's what I like. And it seems like the plasma ram style of things really lend themselves to that. Yeah. my current way of thinking. Well, I, I, I will say that my army is very much like defensive. Like I yeah. just form a bubble and shoot at you and uh, for the best. 
And of course, four target pros on one unit province of help. So my guys are hitting on like nines. I remember those guys. Yeah. yeah. Even though you only get the benefit of like a maximum of three target probes, it's, it's still, still, with with a fire order. It doesn't really it's, matter. Oh, it becomes ridiculous. pretty moot. Mick, you're the resident Gar sort of overlord. Would do you have any pearls of wisdom for young Anthony well, in his quest? When it comes to your plasma rams, you got two ways to play them. You can play them from the gate hmm. straight out. You know, balls out, the run into the enemy's throat, the blitzkrieg. Yeah. Or you can hold them back for a little bit. Yeah. Wait a turn or two, see how things pan out, and yeah. then drop your amplifiers. Mm -hmm. So that even if they do burn out, you don't have this initial surge of energy that's then wasted. Although, to be fair, I love my amps. I run my amps mm -hmm. as long and as hard as I can until they explode. I feel that's only suitably guard. <laughs> uh, the last game you and I played, Mick, you actually, I think you didn't pop your amps until like turn two or turn three. And by then, like, you were absolutely monstrously on top of me. Like, there was nothing I could do. Like, my guys got absolutely stomped in the space of about a turn. You also managed to get, and I will say to anyone, anyone out there who's listening who thinks outcasts are not a viable choice, a unit of, how many do you have in your life? So you have two squads of outcasts. I do, I have one full squad. I think it's uh, 16 men. And you with have the, the scan as well. That is a lot of bodies in with one With the disruptor cannon. Yeah. Lugger guns are pretty damn effective against basically anything at rapid fire distance when you have 12, 13, 14 guys firing at them. I was just, it's shredded. Five Concord dudes, it doesn't matter how good your armor is and how much cover you're in, it's just, it's just not going to cut the mustard. You're going to get pinned so hard and probably lose without three dudes as well. So yeah, as you guys um, who are listening can probably tell, we've been really enjoying the game recently. Yeah. And we think that part of that is because we've recently graduated to 750 points. So because we've been playing larger games, we've discovered that the system, it's like even though we were having a lot of fun with it before, it's really opened up. Even just having an extra couple of units has made it really feel just that much more deep, given us that many more tactical options. You can just take a bunch more dudes to have a play around with and yeah, when you have one unit that gets heavily pinned down or goes down, it's not the end of the world in the same way that it could be at 500 points. Yeah, the game is infinitely preferable at 750. I mean, we, Ash is right, we had a lot of fun playing little skirmishes at 500 and 750 is still like a pretty small skirmish game judging by how far the game can scale. Like I'm looking forward to when we can knock down like a thousand point and 1250 games. Likewise. But, like, honestly, just the amount of tactical flexibility, and you hear me complaining a lot, definitely in the Intel thread where I talk about, Concord's so expensive! It's lovely for me to have more than just, like, three squads of dudes. Like, it's really nice to be able to play around with drop squads, or to get an X launcher, or get, like, a... Just, like, a, a light support drone, just, like, laying down some plasma fire. That makes all the difference, and the game is so much more exciting. At a larger... At a larger point scale, you really get that fun sort of HG Wells, Star Trek from the 70s, like really fun, exciting, electric sci-fi feeling when, you yeah, know, exactly. just, there's more on the table, there's more going on, more moving, and losing one unit isn't the end of the game, like there's still a lot more room there. Yeah, I think the big issue we found playing at 500 points is that once things start going downhill, there's yeah. not much you can do to salvage the situation. And I think especially our, um, our Gar friends over here would have <laughs> noticed that. It's like at 500 points, if you lose one unit of suits or they go down, then you're really struggling to keep um, to keep it in the game because you've lost such a huge chunk of your army in one go. Yeah, particularly with my one squad of suits. <laughs> so when they decide, oh yeah, cool, we've beaten up the San Ra. Oh wait, 
They did one more pin. I guess we're going to fail on morale check on a seven and run. It leaves you a little bit high and dry. Oh, we oh learned. boy. What, what a segue right there. It's like we have been learning the wonders of the assault phase <laughs> in their terrorists. It is so brutal. Like I've, I've, So horrific. Yeah, like, I mean, I come from sort of a background of playing games like Warhammer 40k. On Ash, you play a lot of Infinity. Um, I also played a lot of Bolt Action and a little bit of Saga. And in those games, I've never really encountered an assault phase that is so win or lose. I mean, especially it's, like in bolt action, if you get assaulted- it, it, It's like, there it's to a, a degree in bolt yeah. action. Bolt action, uh, bolt action um, volume two has sort of addressed this a little bit, but the fact that it's not by how many guys you kill as such, it's how many pins you have. Mm. And Mick talking about that time that we posted about on the Intel page where your battle suits had already been pinned. Once. Yeah. They had one pin. They had one pin. They took a second pin yeah, in the so assault. a full squad of five suits running Taking away two from pins. two pins. Well, because can we... Beautiful work there. I mean, to, add, to add insult to injury, they yeah. got charged by three Zanra. Yeah. You killed one of the Zanra with your shooting, which put one pin on them. Yeah. But then you didn't kill any in melee, which meant that you lost the combat one pin to two. And then Bardock Vol and all of his mates decided <laughs> that being in, involved in the battle was not something they were really into anymore. Uh, well, yeah. I, I don't know that it's so much to decide the battle wasn't so much something they wanted to be into as something that they no longer needed to be a part of, considering <laughs> uh, uh, Dance Concord was smashed, Mitch's yeah. Osaurians were suitably mauled, and we had the objective in hand. It's uh, for those people who maybe haven't had the experience of playing Antares yet, the Antares assault phase is brutal because if you lose the assault phase and you fail your morale check, you don't run away with your tail between your legs. Your unit is removed from the game. You are done. Wiped out. Dust. You are wiped. Destroyed. So, I mean, Mick was very unlucky. Like, the statistics were definitely in his favor. <laughs> but he had two pins. He flubbed his rolls. And 300-odd points of guys just waltzed off the table. <laughs> from, from what was, effectively, up until that point, a suicidal charge. Without taking a scratch, mind Without taking they a scratch. They did not take there a was... single scratch. They didn't even blow their plasma ramps. That yep. was what was so beautiful about that moment. They had a pin from shooting initially and encountered a second pin just from being hit by point blank shooting when they were assaulted, but nothing actually hurt them in the assault itself. Yeah, it's worth noting, noticing that when you are thinking about assaulting in Antares, it really is about the pins. I mean, yeah. I've had success with my assault squad and my ex-launcher acting in concert where the ex-launcher drops some net ammo on something, drops a few pins, and then the assault squad goes in. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty, uh, pretty rowdy fellas when they get, um, get amongst <laughs> it with their D-spinners, just like shooting some plasma grenades all over the place, yeah. or just distorting people My to take the rest to a delicious uh, res of nine. <laughs> yeah. it, it means that they don't even have to worry about killing the enemy so much as just shepherding them off the table, yeah. just like getting them gone. So, we've also noticed one difference in the assault phase in Antares compared to other systems is that you don't need line of oh, fire to man. assault. Line of fire, line of sight, you don't need to see your enemies, so those lovely... You can assault around corners, or in the case of Dan's... The uh, drop troops, drop they, troops. they go full Iron Man, they've boosted over a rock mesa to a blind unit that's already been pinned and retreated and smacked the ever-living hell out of them with their crazy X-slings just dropping down D3 shots. Captain puts a little bit of net on top of them. And pretty, then, pretty cinematic. Yeah, you don't even have to, again, like Ash is saying, you don't really even have to hit that hard. All you have to do is build those pins up. And if that unit already has two pins or three pins on them, 
four or five pins, that unit is very likely to waltz off the table very quickly. See, I'm hearing this, and all I can think of is I cannot wait. Cannot <laughs> wait to get my big unit of outcasts, get them to fix bayonets and charge things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the amount of yes. shots they put out, bound to kill a few things, yeah. bound to get a few of their guys killed, but I reckon I can finagle that in my favour to Just have enemy units fleeing. Just remember though, Nick. Um, actual close combat kills also cause one pin per casualty. One pin per casualty. So, yeah. at point blank shooting, point blank shooting causes pins as normal. So if you hit, you that's get, a pin. You get a pin. You get yeah. a pin. If you have net ammo on your X-Sling, you can get two. Always give your captain's net ammo on the X-Sling. You're such a filth monger, Dad. <laughs> I like two pins. But the, the problem that your uh, little outcast might encounter is that at res 4, they're fairly squishy. So that if you do lose two or three guys in the actual fisticuffs, yeah. then you're going, to be start, you're going to start racking those pins up. So that's it. I do remember watching them like overwhelm some of Dan's body <laughs> one game. So they're definitely capable if they get stuck in there. Remember and, to uh, kick them when they're down, Mick. I think the issue here that you guys are failing to see is that if indeed those outcasts do fail the assault, well, nothing of value was lost. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Exactly. Just outcast. They're, they're, they're not real guy. Okay, we're going to go have a quick word from our sponsors and we'll be back with the wonders of editing magic in about five seconds. The Noise Sector is only made possible by the support of you guys, our Sector Scouts. The following Sector Scouts have liked our Facebook page. Michael Casper Dlugos, Guerin Tueno, Thomas Flannery, Alan Trays, Colin Betts, Ted Williams, Stu Chestnut, Anthony Woods, Jesse Sly, Jean-Claude Tremblay, Liam Gilligan, Neil Junko, Chris Kruitsi, Richard Carlisle, Charlie Monaghan, Wayne Clayton, Nick Mephisto, Brett Edward Dawson, Tim Bancroft and Justin Shearer, Johnny Grogan, Tim James, Corey Lanes, Scott Thompson, Boiling Point Bob, Brad Morin, Clayton Condruff, he's always watching, Ryan Littler, Rory Ships, Brendan Rollins, Troigesh Keith, Andrew Huntington, Ben Crowther, Chris Parson, Nathan Willis, Stephen Carpenter, Daniel Belfarge Young, Charles Stricker, Nick Kelly, Damien Eels, John Mannon, Nicholas Chow, Jesse George Jurgar, Simon Reed, Jess McCorrell, Andrew Scrays, Sam DePaula, Stephen Nightingale, Matt Jackson, Donna Kingsley, Jeremy Phillips, Stratos Buenos Scalatron, Tzavis, Thomas Schultz, Anthony Young, Paul Michael Wolfren, Mitchell Portorianos, Jack McCormick, Michael Porter, Andy Hoare, Edward Jones, Timothy Patelock, Alan Begelow Wyatt at House of War, Schumann Wargaming Amsterdam, Luke Charles Bonner, David Palmer, and our Antarian overlord, Andy Hobday. The following Sector Scouts have also subscribed to our podcast and follow us on SoundCloud. Johnny, Timo Shakahari, Ben Rantel, our double at WNW, who's also fighting for DeFour. User 447893505, Gabriella Muller, Wolf's SOL, Seth Hall, Jesse Sly doing double duty, Elaine Chambers, user 47503200, Edward Jones 11, Richie C, The Freeborn Shard, Shabubu Cast, and Latoya Johnson. Find out more at warlordgames.com.
And we're back. All right. So we have hit a milestone um, yes, this, we have. this week, this month, uh, as uh-huh. part of the initiative, which is that all four of us, including the dearly departed, late or otherwise absent uh, Mitch, we all have got our first 500 points of models painted. Yeah, we do. So I've got the full 500 points of Algorand painted, which is two AI squads, an assault squad, an ex-launcher support team, and a drone shard. Uh, Mick, you've got your um, yes, your I do. Points painted. I, I have Butterfall and his glory squad painted up. I have my six-man squad of Outcast painted, and I have my larger Outcast squad painted. And I'm particularly pleased with how the wounds are looking on those, by the way. They look suitably gross and disgusting. The they Outcast do. are not having a nice time under four, are they? Well, the six-man squads are having an all right time. They're just getting a bit of skin bleaching, going a little bit red. But they're hard bastards, so that's probably why. And I have finished my Concord 500 points. I have a C3 drop command squad, which is buying future potential. I have three C3 strike squads with targeted drone and lancers and net ammo on the captains. And that's it. But because the C3 plastic strike squad is such an amazing purchase from Warlord Games, inside the box you get two strike squads. You get like four regular target of drones that I've been proxying is like batter drones and so on and so forth and two of the light support drones I actually have enough models painted and put together and you'll see that in a video if you're watching the Intel page watching the noise sector page or watching the noise sector website I actually have about 750 taken care of because I painted and built everything I now have four strike squads in total I have my drop command squad and I have three of those lovely plasma support drones floating in the background and I have one with a subverter matrix just in case I have to fight anyone who uses as many drones and probes as I do so we're pretty proud of that. Yeah, we are actually in the process of putting together a video walkthrough of all of our wonderful armies, um, provided again courtesy of Warlord Games in general and Andy Hobday in particular. Um, so expect to see that video in the not too distant future, either on the Noise Sector page or on the Warlord Games page, depending on where Andy would like us to put it. How successful we go, we don't know. And because <laughs> Mitch isn't here, it's my understanding that he currently has two Isaurian Syntax phase squads, two Sanra phase squads, and a phase sniper. That completed. can die in a fire. Oh, the phase, <laughs> the phase sniper is, is fair and balanced in 500 points. It is fair and balanced. Very and fair and balanced. Very fair and If balanced. by fair and balanced, you mean terrifying. Six wounds, six shots every time. I played him last week and he rolled a six every time he rolled that, shots. That, that, that seems to be that sniper. Five outcasts turn, dead. Every, every turn, he swept a unit off. What I'm getting out of this is that we need to check Mitch's dice. That's uh, the takeaway message that I'm getting. We should here. also use the run reaction much more often than we do to run behind <laughs> cover. So run, run in fear. <laughs> well, see, I, I went wrong there. I tried running towards well. her. Yeah. That's yeah. also a challenge. <laughs> if Mitch was here, he'd be all like, nah, nah, pew, pew. That's what he's like when you play him. It works really well. That's what Mitch sounds like. Probably. So we're starting to escalate to 750. Yeah. Now we uh, took the proactive step of uh, self-funding to 750 as we discussed a couple One of episodes day sale. ago. One day sale. Yeah, which incidentally I believe is um, the final nudge that Anthony needed to get in on the gar. That is one of the reasons why you ended up picking up the gar, isn't it Anthony? Absolutely, I'd say it was it was that final nudge that I needed. I was definitely liking the look of the gar and the general sort of fluff of them uh, because they're fantastic. 
Uh, I mean, they're little space muppets who are evil and they go around polluting stuff and, and I'm gonna steal your crystals. Uh, but yeah, I actually felt, look, even at full price, the starter box is really nice value compared to a lot of other war games I've seen out there. I just got a box, opened it up, put stuff on the table, I've got a nice 750 point army, which is well balanced. Yeah. Uh, but on the special especially, you know, that was the thing I was like, I can't resist. Yeah, it was too good. It was too good. That twenty-five percent off was super hard to resist. I believe the the ten percent off special is still valid. Yes. Any hot day gamers? So if you're listening, if you're listening to this and you are around and about the House of War, just approach myself, Asher, or Mick, and you can just approach Anthony if you want. Anyway, he's a handsome guy. And if you want ten percent off your purchases, do let us know because there's just a little code you put into your shopping trolley, and I do think it still works. But definitely, what you're saying, Anthony, cost effectiveness is really a big part of Antares. I mean, I took the Concord because the boxes for the Strike Swords are so cost effective. You get, I think if you play the points straight up to the line, there's something like maybe 300 odd points, if not more, in a standard C3 Strike Squad box. And like you're saying in the Army starter set, it's 500 just straight up for the guys. Seven, yeah, seven, actually, actually 750. 750. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Uh, what that, that, three suits? Three. That, that was just the starter set I oh, played wow. against you. It was the that's three incredible. squads of suits, so that's yeah. nine suits total. Yeah. Uh, one of which is an assault yeah. squad, the other two battle. Mm. Uh, the group of outcasts, including the optional disruptor cannon, mm. and the flitter is flitting about. Yeah, even even in dollary dues, it was a good yeah. deal. So even without crippled economy, it worked out quite well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, Brexit's equalising that pretty well. Yeah, so. well, between Brexit and the rest of the English-speaking world going absolutely mental, hopefully we'll be back on pound for dollar. But hey, American yeah. dream. So, so even even though we have expanded ourselves a bit, what are we looking at for our next two hundred and fifty points, guys? Going to seven fifty. Yeah, 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 we're getting another 250 points again, courtesy of Warlord Games and um, Andy. So I, I can't resist what I want. I, I have to have an Avenger. The Avenger is like a wonderful little death skimmer, and like mod two sounds wonderful. The ability to have a mag cannon or a double mag light support means that I can kit it for purpose and have it either mow down infantry or start like blowing big holes in gas suits, which is something that I feel like I desperately need. And then also, a uh, squad of intruders, I think, so that I can attempt to turn the face sniper into roadkill by driving into <laughs> it with jet bikes. It's like, that That seems like a fair and balanced thing to do to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Avenger... The Avenger reminds me, like, just model-wise, it's really evocative of, like, the job of the hut barge from Return of yeah. the Jedi. Like, you could put, like... Like trophies and stuff on the front, like a little barricade uh, like heads. I don't know, man. It's like we are going to civilized. We're no freeborn or guards. Like if it was a freeborn skimmer, like totally. yeah, I could, I could see a freeborn skimmer like dragging people along in chains. Even like those guys did be pretty feral. So I don't know, banner. He's gonna keep it clean, crisp. But yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, we're professionals. Maybe what you really need, Dan, is Commander Karg's crawler. I should get Commander Cards Crawl. Shouldn't you get Commander Cards Crawl, Anthony? I actually already have it waiting there. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Gee, so you have your. Are you up to a thousand then? Is he? Uh, that would be sitting around a thousand points. He hasn't had a test run yet, but. Anyone I mean, want to know? As you were saying, you know, Jabba's Bard sort of style. Uh, yeah. I, I just couldn't resist. I really like that model. Yeah. I think Bartok Fool might have to rip the fat man off his little carriage. <laughs> I think that's got to happen. We've got to see who's the best. But <laughs> what are you spending your 250 points well, on, Well, I already have my command crawler, which is beautiful. The model is beautiful. Everything about it is beautiful. The way it turns you know, any degenerate scum into a fine mist is beautiful. 
But what would be even more beautiful would be a large artillery cannon. A big, big mm. cannon. A big, big gun <laughs> with which to go face sniper. Leading into <laughs> Ash's suggestion as well. Lovely little Miss Face Sniper. Have you heard that sound? That is a thousand shells raining on your position until your position is no more than a crater on the other side of the world. <laughs> Shoot at me now. Wise choice. Yeah. yeah. So, wise, wise choice. Big guns. Big, big guns. Because they never tire. Indeed. Oh, fantastic. I love that saying. It never gets old. It never gets old. What about you, Dan? What are you going to spend your 250 points on? Okay, I'm going to be forever the economist. I'm going to try and quantify my 750 points as efficiently as possible because I think I splurged a wee bit in terms of my 500 in terms of just trying to get something really fun and something really cool. I'm still playing the long game, so I don't reckon I'm going to buy a drop squad. Even though I already have a drop squad, I've got my drop squad with a lovely 25% off sale. So I'm going for drop squads. I want to get some some I want to get some interceptors. That's a hard thing to say. I want to get some interceptors. I want to get jetpacks. Jetpacks. I want them to hold that run order. I want them to fly into the back of my enemy, right up behind their flank, charge in. None of this lance business. Just fire off two, four, six shots of their plasma carbines, and then screech away with little to no consequences. That's what I really desperately want to add. And Sounds fantastic. I also like to get some of the targeter probes because I'm currently using just my regular drones as targeter probes and having the nice like official metal ones that look like giant sort of crosshairs would be super, super rad. And I'll probably just buff some extra points onto my army. I'm feeling that an X launcher is also a wise choice because I've seen Ash's X launcher firing net ammo to be absolutely ridiculous. It is very, very fair and balanced. Putting a, <laughs> putting a spotter drone on it and putting it behind something with a spotter drone peeking over or around is an intensely fair and balanced thing to do. Look, I'm just saying that at one point was or was not one of your squads removed from the table because they had no less than nine pins on them. They got completely pinned up the wazoo because it doesn't Glued matter. Glued to the ground. It doesn't matter how blind fire you blind fire. When Asher rolls a one to hit, it doesn't really matter. That's fine. I just, just keep rolling ones, man. It's also, like, just seeing if they're like 60 points or so, like an X launcher really is not an expensive buy in. Like it does. Less. It does suck up one of your strategic assets, I believe. No, support. Support, yeah, it's a support asset because strategic is the big stuff. But it sucks up one support, so that's one less plasma support drone or one less of the interceptors. But honestly, for that price, you can't really go wrong. So I'm just getting little bits around the edges and some fasty shooty jet bikes. That sounds like some very cost-effective force multiplier. That's it, man. And hopefully, mm. maybe at 1,000 points or maybe 1,250, we might see some more of the Iron Man style drop squads flying out of the sky, jumping over buildings and smashing enemies that didn't even see them. So, so we'll sounds very good. Now, we have sitting in front of us something a little bit special here. It's the sound of us unwrapping things. It's incredibly special. I've already broken the seal on mine. It's the sound of Dan unwrapping something, which it, uh, yeah, which is the nice one? Yeah, Mick. Yeah, Mick's not the nice one. We won't, okay, we won't well, open Okay, give me one. yours so I can, like, like yeah, this, you, this, can, you can fiddle with that. This yeah, is a sound-based medium, but trust me, right. they're, they're handing so over goods. What we have in front of us are three power generators from Miniature Scenery, which our is... Mates. Which is, yeah, our mates. They are a local Australian miniature um, scenery company, surprisingly enough. Indeed. They do a wonderful range of laser-cut scenery, including these excellent power generators which you may have seen lurking in the background of some um, Gates of Antares art or on the tables at Warlord HQ. If you check the Warlord page, there is actually some of these little round fellas sitting on some of the tables. And if you peek in the back of the Xylos Horizon supplement, I swear I've seen this pop up in two or three of the pictures. Mm. So keep your eyes peeled. We will post 
a picture of this on our Facebook page and we'll post it into the Intel thread as well. But it, definitely they are there. Even better, someone, some lucky individual, is going to get one of these at their very own. And yeah. that excites me. Exactly. <laughs> we, have, we have three of these. Now, two of these have we'll been... Two of these have been donated for us to add to our wonderful um, DeFore table. Thank that we're you to building. Tim and Craig from yeah. Adventure Scenery. Yeah, who have uh, very generously donated this. Mm -hmm. And they've also given us another one to give away as we yeah. says. Now, we have been mulling today on the various heroics and um, nefarious actions that our commanders have engaged in over the course of our of our adventures in the initiative so far. In, in, in this case, running away. Uh, <laughs> after I kicked your teeth in. Yeah, well, shut up. So, what we are thinking is that if you would like to win one of these uh, wonderful generators, um, all we want you to do is to head over to our Facebook page. Um, make sure you've liked the page. Yeah, make, make sure you like the noise sector and come over to our page and tell us what is the most heroic thing that your commander has done during a game of Antares. Did they fight off an entire squad of Gar? Did they survive 37 mag repeater rounds to the face and not die and hold the objective? What, what have they done that has really impressed you? I mean, we're looking for really heroic, exciting stuff. And if you can supplement that with pictures, if you're playing a game tonight, tomorrow night, next week, and you have something incredible happen, what I want you to do is I want you to take a picture of the models, maybe put the dice next to it and go, this is what happened. Put it on the Noise Sector Facebook page and we will take note of that in the next episode. We will be naming our winner and we will be posting this out to them with kind regards from Craig and Tim from Miniature Scenery and from myself, Asher, Mick and Mitch at the Noise Sector. Exactly. Um, all heroic commanders deserve something to power their heroics, so a sci-fi power generator should uh, hopefully do the trick. It's free and it could be yours. And it's pretty cool looking. It's really cool. Miniature Scenery had an excellent range of sci-fi stuff that we're going to go through and probably shake the can for more free stuff. So, In particular, I particularly love the way they do the laser cut MDF. It's wonderful. Easy to put together. You know, once you get your head around it the first time. But then you just smack, you get them all together, it's easy enough. And then you've got this beautiful terrain, all for your table that, you know, hmm, it's just awesome. We will hopefully have pictures up soon of uh, the ones that we've built for DeFore. Yeah. And um, that's it from the noise sector. If you're playing on DeFore, make sure you smash your terrain nice and hard. I've been Dan. I'm Mick. I'm Anthony. I'm Asha. And, and Mitch is gone! <laughs> and we have been the Noise Sector! Glory to the girl. Located at 52 Marinda Highway, Ringwood, Victoria.